Pastor Mickey, as we mark the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 terror attacks, a number of people who were very young, maybe never not born yet, don't really have a personal recollection of, of what took place. How do you explain it to them? Well, I, number one, appreciate that on memorials like this, 20th anniversary, we have opportunity to tell the history and firsthand history of those who were there. I think it's important as a nation and important to who we are as a people. You know, trauma like this brings the worst uh, out of people, but it also brings the best out of people. For me, personally, I was on a response team uh, for airline, commercial airline disasters. We uh, set up with the NTSB partnering with Red Cross, so I was on call that month. And when we carried pagers back then, younger generation probably doesn't know what a pager is, but uh, it was something that alerted us to call our number, uh, a number that uh, we were to be on a plane in four hours. And so uh, I called the number. Of course, airlines were shut down, so part of our team went military. Part of our team uh, left on the first flight out of Los Angeles, September 12th. And so it's just, you know, a very horrific event that impacted our nation, impacted how we travel, impacted on so many different levels. Um, and, you know, it's, it's crucial to keep telling the story. And yet I, I like to emphasize telling the story that, yes, it was horrific and all the dynamics that happened. But... Uh, there were also many miracles, many powerful testimonies of amazing human beings that sacrifice all for the care of others uh, during the event and, and for days and weeks, months and years following. And for a period of time, you were actually at Ground Zero? Uh, yes. Our team was responsible for providing chaplaincy support at the morgue. Uh, for family members that were going to be there, as well as law enforcement, and then also at the Family Assistance Center, where family members, again, were going and uh, leaving information about their missing loved ones, and then at Ground Zero, working alongside of FDNY. Uh, they, they had chaplains, uh, many of them Catholic chaplains, that were busy serving individual families, so we were uh, to provide the care at the site for all the responders uh, responders, and the search and rescue individuals as well. As a, as a pastor, as a, as a chaplain, as, uh, as a Christian, this must have been a very difficult mission. I mean, how do you talk to people who have gone through this? Well, people are in shock. People are uh, fearful angry, a whole range of emotions, uh, being overwhelmed, plus uh, severe unexpected loss, which is just intense grief. And our role was to be present, uh, to be really attentive listeners and to be servants. That's uh, Jesus was a servant of all. The greatest in the kingdom are those who serve. But um, gosh, so much research has come out of uh, the 9-11 tragedy on how people respond to trauma. Uh, one study by the New England Journal of Medicine that was very significant. Uh, you know, 
uh, 8% of people that were impacted by the 9-11 in New York, 98% said uh, what helped them cope was talking, having someone to talk to and talk it out. Uh, you know, the therapists call it cathartic ventilation. Uh, they always have these great big words, but they needed a listening ear. Second to talking, I think uh, people would appreciate this because when the world doesn't function the way we think it should, you know, children are supposed to outlive their parents when tragedy happens and it, our our brain, it's like that spinning ball on a computer. It's trying to process this information, um, takes us to the core of what we believe about the world. So second to talking, 90% of the respondents in New York, uh, again, the New England Journal of Medicine said it was an individual's faith perspective and their belief in God that helped them cope. And then after that, uh, next was connecting with friends and family. We refer that to refer to that as SOS, significant other support. And so, you know, whenever anyone's in a hardship, get with people that love you and would give you the space to talk, and then that would encourage your faith, your belief to just be with you, because uh, some things are unexplainable and be present with them, and then connect people with friends and family. We refer to it as the three Fs, the strengthening people's faith, family, and friends. Uh, we all need that. The, the country obviously was in shock, and churches saw people coming to pray and worship, but that eventually faded. So was it just a temporary turn to God, and, and it didn't take hold, or... Have there actually been lasting effects through this? A study show about people that go through crisis, in fact, you know, post-traumatic stress injury or PTSD and gets the billing, you know, but uh, most people are impacted by trauma, don't get PTSD. A majority of people experience what's called PTG, post-traumatic growth. Uh, even uh, studies on COVID, how it's impacted us, uh, 75% of people, uh, this is a Pew research finding, 75% of the people found during COVID, their faith actually either grew or stayed strong. And so people during times of trauma, um, it, it's an opportunity for people to evaluate their life, their beliefs. About a third of people come to a strong faith during hardship. And so, you know, 9-11, uh, really drew us together as a nation 20 years ago. People of faith and even different faiths united together for the sake of loving one another, humanity. Uh, but sadly, over time, you know, routine sets in. And these are common phases in a disaster during the initial rescue phase. Everyone pulls together, we sacrifice for each other, we're running on adrenaline, we care, we become servants to each other, we tolerate inconvenience. But over time, uh, people move from that phase into the blaming phase, and then, uh, you know, community starts to fragment. And sadly, 20 years later, we are a different nation. And I, I really, gosh, maybe the 20th anniversary could 
bring back some of the memories of some of our foundations, loyalty to one another, honor to one another. Uh, Miles McPherson of The Rock wrote a book called The Third Option. Love his message. And it's dealing with, you know, racial unity, but it goes beyond that. It talks, you know, your marriage, uh, how you relate to all people, but it really emphasizes rather than us versus them mentality, uh, learn to honor one another because we're 99.9% similar. And then let love be the lens, how we treat one another. Gosh, if we could live that out. I saw it at 9-11 from the cab drivers to people on the street. Everyone was uh, putting themselves aside for the care of other people. Everyone was kind. And sometimes it, it it's hardship that does bring the best out of people. But it's when we focus on the negative that culture fragments. And so uh, there is so much good in people, so much beauty, uh, so much that we can bring if we would really make it a commitment to follow, you know, Jesus's ultimate commandments, uh, love God and love people. And if we could do that, I think we fulfill everything else. You mentioned a while ago the, the word blame, and that brings to mind, how could the people who actually hijacked the airplanes and did what they did, how could they have justified in their minds what they were doing? Oh, gosh, that relates to where we are today and all the fragmenting of our culture on so many different levels. You know, our uh, our beliefs will influence our behaviors. And when we fill our mind with things that are not true and limited in perspective and we saturate a perspective, uh, it can convince behavior to even go to an ultimate sacrifice of murdering other people, believing it's a good thing. Um, all manners of horrific crimes, uh, there are those who do do actions that go against conscience, but for the most part, people become, uh, they turn away from conscience and moral virtue, and can be convinced of some of the most horrific things. It happened in World War II in Nazi Germany, uh, the indoctrination of information that just floods the mind that people eventually act on what they believe to be true, when indeed it, it's not accurate. It's been, of course, uh, 20 years, like we said, since the attacks took place, and we haven't really had anything on that scale since. How safe do you sense or, or believe that our country, uh, our way of life is right now? Um, well, that is alone for God to judge. I mean, for you know, I uh, work in law enforcement with you know police officers, fire fighters. I work to support TSA, Homeland Security, Border Protection. Uh, uh, U.S. Customs, I'm connected with the medical examiners, and uh, let me just tell you, the people on the front line literally are daily sacrificing their lives for the safety and care of others. They're amazing human beings. I see it firsthand. They, from the inside, these people forsake extra time with family. They 
forsake their own safety. They're forsaking their finances. Uh, our city budgets right now are are crazy limited and are not supporting all the needs of our emergency responders. But firefighters are out of their own pocket. They're repairing the sprinkler systems. They're driving over to Ace Hardware and, and Home Depot and buying things to fix things at the station and planning the gardens out in front of their station to make it look good for the public and then uh, all the responses they do. And so, you know, how safe are we as a people? I can tell you we have remarkable human beings, men and women, that are daily putting their life on the line to keep us safe. And the scriptures say that there's no greater love than this, than a person would lay down their life for their friends. And I, I see it all over our county. I see it all over the country because I, I work firsthand with people. And then, you know, the criticisms that are thrown at them. And, yes, there there may be a very small uh, portion of people that have bad motives. Those hit the press and blow things up. But, uh, again, the the men and women I get the privilege of working with are sacrificing so much to serve fellow human beings, as does our military um, on a, a daily basis. All that they do for little pay, and some of our firefighters right now are actually working uh, four, five, six extra shifts because of some of the uh, shortage we have on employees right now. I know of some firefighters that have worked 96 hours straight, and they're up at night uh, responding to the community and and the needs of the community, and then they'll go home and and get a day or two off, and then they're back at work. And those fighting the fires right now are deployed two, three weeks away from family. Lives are at risk. And so, man, uh, I feel safe because of the quality of people that I know are putting their life out to keep us safe. I think all of us needed to hear that. I appreciate it. And for people who are listening right now, uh, it has been a, a weird, pretty rough couple of years with the, the pandemic and the election controversy and natural disasters and the economy. For people listening, how would you suggest trying to to cope with this? Uh, I mean, there's like a lot of people who are discouraged and depressed. You know, where would you point them? What, what's your advice? Well, I wish I had, had all my cheat sheets with me. I, I teach class on this, but, you know, we're dealing with aspects of isolation, um, you know, constant faced with media that creates fear we're dealing with division, social injustice, some of the things that are thrown at us. And uh, my encouragement is, number one, strengthen faith, family, friends. Uh, draw close to the Lord. Spend time uh, with Him, getting a true perspective. His promises in the Scriptures are true. And spend time with family invest time with family. Don't get so busy watching television and news reports, but just quality time investing in your loved ones outdoors. Uh, just so much good that comes out of family dynamics and sharing the thoughts and memories. And, and then with friends, uh, again, 
abiding by all the safety issues and protocols. Now, on top of that, you know, there's certain routines and rhythms that perhaps have been lost. So it's important to really establish as many good, healthy rhythms uh, in having meals together, uh, balanced meals. Don't, you know, there's a tendency being home more. So people are snacking more and all of a sudden we're, we're gaining weight. Rather, turn the rhythms into having a set time of exercise, walking, and, you know, uh, again, connecting with loved ones. So whether it's on Zoom or outdoors uh, where uh, things are safe, but try to develop rhythms that create uh, kind of that, that aspect of healthy relationships. And on top of that, it's important to plan in your schedule fun. <laughs> Do things you enjoy. If it's a walk on the beach, barefoot, uh, my wife and I last night just took our shoes off. We actually put a little beach in our backyard and had a little barbecue, put our feet in the sand, and just sat under the stars and just enjoyed time outdoors. And so I encourage you and the listeners to uh, create those places of connection to strengthen relationships and to enjoy, bring the pleasures into life. And then find someone that is not divisive, argumentative, but someone that would be a good listener, just to share your heart with, that would give you good guidance, good, solid guidance that are healthy people uh, to be with. All right. Pastor Mickey, I really appreciate you sharing your heart with us. Yeah, well, thank you for getting the word out. You know, that's amazing. I've, uh, I do a lot of workshops on um, self-care for firefighters, police officers. And, uh, you know, I, one of the exercises I do is I ask the question, where were you on 9-11-2001, 20 years ago? And I actually have 24-year-olds that raise their hand. They know right where they were. It's one of their earliest memories. But they, they didn't remember the event but they remembered how their parents were reacting to the event, the event. And so, gosh, the parents that are out there, remember that with your young children, how you live out life, your kids are watching. And so the best thing you can do is love your spouse, love your friends, love your family, because it speaks volumes to the little ones. All right. 